Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. Hope and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. So I have a question. What do you get when you mix a donkey wearing a coat, a parade of excited people, and Jesus defying all expectations of what a savior should be? Huh. Let's read this story together and find out. One day, Jesus and his friends were traveling all the way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. As they neared Jerusalem, Jesus stopped and he said, Hey friends, do you see that village over there? Oh, yeah, they said. Well, go over there and you'll find a donkey tied to a post. A donkey, you say? Hee-haw. <laughs> yeah. Untie the donkey and bring her back to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs her. Okay, cool. We'll be back soon. Save me some snacks. And two of Jesus' friends went off to the village to get the donkey. <laughs> hey, Jesus, we found the donkey. Yeah. Oh, guys, she's perfect. It's just like the prophets say. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king is on his way, poised and ready riding on a donkey. So Jesus climbed up on the donkey and they rode off to Jerusalem. Yay, Passover! I can't wait for unleavened bread. As they got closer to the city gates, a crowd began to form. They were so excited to see Jesus. They threw their coats on the ground, giving Jesus a royal welcome. And others cut palm branches off of the trees and threw those on the ground too, like a welcome mat. And the crowd cried out, Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You see, this parade of people were really excited that Jesus was here because they thought he was the Messiah who was going to save them from the Roman Empire. Jesus was a Messiah, all right, but not quite the Messiah that they were hoping for or expecting. As he entered into the city gates, he caused quite a stir, and very important people were asking, Hey, what's going on here? Yeah, who is that guy anyway? And the parade of people responded, It's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. He's here to save us all from the Romans. You see, Jesus taught a different way of following God, 
one that was based on loving neighbors and loving God instead of just following all the rules. And this made the religious leaders a little bit nervous. I'm unnerved. Me too. So that is why we celebrate Palm Sunday on the Sunday before Easter. We remember together the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem for the last time in the big royal welcome that the people gave him as they cried out, Hosanna, which means God save us. All right, so I'm not hidden behind the TV, right? Okay. Good morning, good morning. I am Kara. I'm a pastor here at Genesis, and I'm so grateful for all of you lovely folks who are here in the space, and greetings to those of you who are watching online today on our live stream. So as we've been talking about today, we start our journey of Jesus' last days, starting with this Palm Sunday and his entry into Jerusalem and culminating with his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. You're invited, like Allie mentioned, to join us this Good Friday, this Easter, this coming Easter Sunday, as the story continues. So today our scripture passage centers in Matthew's gospel, which can be found in your liturgy. We watched it on the video, but if you want to look at the text, it's there in your liturgy. The gospel writer is anything but subtle. In his portrayal of Jesus throughout the book, am I doing a little ringy thing? Sorry, you guys. Yeah. Okay. There's a problem that I'm one of those people that's hyper aware of sound, so if there's like a little deep. Okay, let's try this and see if it... Hmm. You guys, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. And if... Sound good? Okay. All right, thanks. <clears throat> so, our gospel writer... Anything but subtle in his portrayal, portrayal of Jesus um, throughout the book of Matthew, it reflects an early identification of people um, in identifying Jesus as the Messiah. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, Matthew portrays this very messianic and triumphant entry using prophetic and kingly imagery. But Jesus arrives on a donkey. Fulfilling the prophecy from Zechariah 9.9, showing a king but through the language of humility. Now, imagine what Pontius Pilate's entry into Jerusalem might look like. Crowds of devout Jews would be streaming into the city to celebrate their liberation from Egypt as they celebrate Passover. So it's likely that Rome would want to make a show of force as well during that time to remind Jews that they shouldn't get any ideas about being liberated from Rome. So Pilate would make his own triumphant entry into the city, and we know that he is not showing up on a lowly donkey, is he? His parade likely has foot soldiers and banners, weapons, and golden eagles mounted on poles. So our piece from Sanctified Art today is called Power Play, and it gives us, two, it gives us images of two people, Jesus and Pontius Pilate. If you can... Notice what's going on there. It's a little bit, the images are a little bit dark, so you have to move a little bit. But I'm curious, as an all-play, what do you notice in this picture as de depicting these two characters? I should ask, which one do you think is Jesus? Freya. The one 
Okay, the one that's not wearing a helmet. How did you, what makes you think that? He wouldn't walk in there wearing a helmet. You're right. Yeah, as if he were preparing for a fight like that. Yeah. One has a palm frond and one has a sword. Thanks, Steve. Mm, Joan, nice. So um, the Pontius Pilate character has his eyes like fixed on the crowd, and the Jesus figure has his eyes like closed and looking up as if towards God. Well, this celebration of Passover would have been this very potent time full of hopeful expectation. And the air likely in the space, it would have crackled with electricity. Verse 10 tells us that Jerusalem was a city in turmoil. And it's easy to see that that day is eliciting thoughts of hope and protest and maybe some impending conflict. You see, the Gospel of Matthew weaves together these two traditions, the the Messiah liberator and the restorer of the Davidic line. Restoration of the temple and restoration of kingship are these parallel hopes for the Jews. And so the cries from the people in our passage today, blessed is the son of David, is a cry of hope for restoring the Davidic monarchy and overthrowing Roman rule. It is both hope and protest. In fact, Hosanna is a Hebrew word that evokes both exuberant praise to God with this deep, deep prayer that God will save his people. And the characters in the scripture passage, we have Jesus, we have the disciples, and we have the crowd. They're all experiencing the same event in very different ways. They have different hopes and expectations, and they're all converging into this singular point in time. I used the same imagery two years ago when I last preached on Palm Sunday, but likely you don't remember that, so that's okay. I'm going to use it again. I know, right? A couple of my colleagues this, uh, a couple weeks ago reminded me that I used this imagery, and I was like, what? You remember that from two years ago? That's amazing, Dan and Will, <laughs> just to point you to out. I'd say that's amazing, Kara. No. Um, and yet when I went back through that, the, the imagery still feels so poignant, and, and it feels critical, at least for me, in how we tell this story of Palm Sunday, seeing it as a parade, a protest, and a funeral procession. First, we have the parade. Jews are on their way to celebrate Passover, a festival where spirits are high as folks are entering Jerusalem. Many of the crowd and even some of the disciples are experiencing this morning as pageantry. We heard this morning as they were preparing um, for worship up in the sanctuary, the trumpets were sounding in their music. After all, this is a retelling of a story of liberation That is a parade, and that's the experience I had as a kid. You know, those palm branches, they make excellent, excellent weapons against your sibling. (laughs) And those lovely memories I have of Freya when she was, like, so little, and she would have her little palm branch and would be running up the aisle with all the kids. Sometimes we arrive at Palm Sunday with all the pomp and circumstance of a joyful parade. But there's more to notice in the story as well. There's tension. There's some rebel rousing. 
There are public declarations and there is grief. Next, the protest. As we mentioned before, the Jews were in this very precarious position with Rome. As long as they kept things low-key, they could keep their festivals. They could keep their religious ruling class. But the possibility of violence was always at hand. There was much for the Jews to protest, and it's understandable that they would desire to call Jesus King David's successor. The shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, is a cry that's tinged with protest. And many here know all too well that feeling of despair and rage. This week, we watched as children and adults were gunned down again at a school. After Uvalde happened last May, I started an unfortunate new habit, which means that every day when I drop my kid off from school, off to school, I memorize what she's wearing, what shoes she has on, just in case, just in case. And it feels so impossible, friends, to hold that level of worry and rage without crying out in protest. I don't have the answers, but some answers need to come. To participate in the Palm Sunday processional was, for some, an act of standing up against injustice and violence. And while they didn't know it yet, the people in Matthew's gospel were walking along that dusty path into Jerusalem alongside the one who would eventually conquer death. And lastly, we have the funeral procession. There's so much discomfort in the story when you know kind of what happens by the time you get to Friday, right? You know that the Hosannas turn to crucify him later in the week. It's a path that Jesus didn't want to endure. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane, and yet it's still a path that he walks. In Luke's Gospel, we know that Jesus, on, upon his arrival, weeps over Jerusalem. Jesus, Son of God, weeps over what is to come. And we too might know the sting of walking that long aisle behind a casket or holding on to deep grief when folks around you are celebrating. Whether or not Jesus knew all of the things that were going to take place, he knew the path that he was on would not end without some conflict and violence. He knew there was no way those in power were going to be able to leave his radical message of the kingdom of God unchecked. So where are you in this Palm Sunday narrative today? Are you swept up in the parade full of joy and hosannas? Perhaps spring, or the possibility of spring, and the newness it brings has, fills you with a little hope or a, a little lightness in your step. We've got to get there eventually, right? There's got to be. The snow will cease at some point. Are you marching in protest, raging against empire and those who use power to subjugate and control? The world feels fraught fraught with injustice, gun violence, racism, unjust laws against our trans siblings, and too many more to name? Or are you walking the slow, gut-wrenching steps of the funeral procession, mourning and lamenting the brokenness of this world, the deep sting of loss, of an uncertain future, and the twisting toll of grief that makes our life difficult and painful? All three are faithful portraits from our scripture passage this morning. All three images accompany Jesus and his followers in the days ahead. Because we follow a Jesus who celebrated, who turned water into wine, 
who fed thousands with generosity and with joy. We follow a Jesus who protested, who overturned tables, and who spoke out against injustice. We follow a Jesus who grieved, who wept in the garden, who took compassion on God's people. And perhaps knowing where we are in the story today, it might open us up to the possibility that God could sweep us up into joy and hosannas again. Or perhaps we can notice where God is letting us kind of settle into holding grief and loss. Or perhaps we could feel anew the Holy Spirit stirring a cry within you against injustice. Whether we show up with joy, with rage, with grief, it's all in the story. The story of God's people. The story in scripture that we are not alone. God is in the parade. God is in the protest. God is in the funeral processional in that first Palm Sunday and today as well. We don't show up for Palm Sunday and all have the experience, the same experience, all of us in this space, just as the people in our passage did not. Palm Sunday is complex, just as the human experience is. And I want to close us with this invitation. Don't rush through today and this week. Don't skip from just palm branches today to Easter lilies next Sunday, as tempting as that might be. Because the movement of Jesus through Holy Week is the real stuff of human existence. Joy, protest, hope, betrayal, death and doubt, shame and wonder, pain and grief. Sit with the discomfort, with the irony, with the doubt, with the questions. God knows that journey. So light the candles, keep that vigil, and wait for the big reveal. Let us celebrate this new thing that God is doing. Let us call for justice. Let us tend to the grief in and through and alongside Jesus, word of God made flesh. May we each carry a bit of that parade, of that protest, and that funeral procession with us into Holy Week. And may we remember that we do not journey through it alone. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like, like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscove.org.